Welcome to the Independent Advisors Podcast, where we dive into the world of stocks, tradable markets, and financial planning with Jessup Wealth Management's Chief Investment Officer, Mark McEvely, and CEO, Matt Jessup. You'll hear tips, tricks, and strategies to address your financial well-being, and most importantly, conveyed in a way that everyone can understand. Here are your hosts, Mark and Matt. Yeah, I'm not sure what's about to go down here. Yeah, I don't know. All you being here is making me nervous. Hey everyone, welcome to the 100th episode of the Independent Advisors Podcast, where Matt Jessup and I, Mark McEvely, bring you everything you need to know from the past week in the world of financial markets and financial planning. So good morning to you, Matt. Good morning, Mark. How was your long weekend? It was excellent. Good. Got some time to relax and recharge the batteries. I was extremely productive this weekend. Good. Yard work? That's right. Good for you. Good for you. Well, uh, obviously, Matt, this is a very special episode since it's number 100 and can't believe we have already been doing this for 100 episodes. So this one's going to be a little different from our normal recordings. And today, um, celebrating the milestone of 100 episodes. So I, apparently there are a few surprises in store for everyone, including us, um, that we've been kept in the dark about uh, exactly what Jenna has planned for us today. So we'll continue to provide our normal content with some fun detours mixed in along the way. Sounds great. So, hey, before we continue, uh, do the normal performance numbers and recap things, let's reminisce about the evolution of this show, Mark. Let's remind our regulars and any new listeners how this podcast came to be. So actually, I'm going to switch it up and have you start. Okay. Tell um, listeners and, and how this podcast occurred. Well, I think, you know, I think most people know that me and you um, thoroughly enjoy talking about this stuff, which I know is hard for people to wrap their heads around. But, you know, this is like another hobby for me and you talking about stocks, talking about the economy, talking about financial planning and what people can do and implement in their own life. Um, And this is not an industry just for wealthy people. This is an industry for everybody um, to be able to better themselves and their financial future. And, you know, when we were talking about that, me or you said during a conversation, why don't we just turn a microphone on and let people listen to what we're talking about? Because I think, you know, people get the misconception that what they hear on the news, like on CNBC um, or what they read in an article, um, you know, is something that they need to take to heart. And especially if you look back to just a year ago, you know, it was all fear mongering and that the world was going to end and that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, so we're almost trying to take the sensationalism out of the news right and try to make it applicable to people's personal lives yeah and the other thing is you know when you turn on you know a major financial media news outlet they're using lingo and language that the everyday person just cannot understand sometimes that i can't even understand right so you know if me and you are in the profession and sometimes have a hard time understanding what someone's talking about then how can we expect everybody else to understand that and that's just going to drive people away from the financial industry and taking the steps that they need to take to better their financial position so we were like why not you know make a podcast that everybody can understand turn into every single week so you don't have to listen to everyone if you don't want to talk about topics that everyday uh, Americans can implement into their lives um, and, and welcome people into this industry with open arms. I think that this industry has a really bad stigma 
of, you know, having advisors talk down to people. And I don't want our industry to be looked at that way. So we're trying to kind of turn it on its head and be more welcoming, um, you know, and just give people ideas that they can implement, um, you know, every day. Well put. I mean, at the end of the day, so many clients will say, so what are your thoughts about the markets? And I usually sit there and say, did you listen to the last podcast? And if not, I'll paraphrase it, of course. Right. But a lot of our clients do. And it makes it makes the interaction so much more fun because I can take the conversation so much deeper at that point now that they have context. Right. So um, let's just share this. How did we come up with the name The Independent Advisors Podcast? Well, I think it was tied into that we are we're independent um, financial advisors, right? So, you know, we, we run our own business. You know, we're not being told what to do or how to, to run our business. We're not and, W-2 and, employees. Right. And and we can, we can provide independent advice to people without, you know, anything going on behind the scenes, right? So there's no special deals going on. We are truly doing what's in the best interest of our clients. And I think the independent advisors was perfect because we're just giving independent advice. We're not here to sell anybody on anything. We're just trying to give advice and help as many people as we can. And if someone walks away from this with one thing or 25 things, you know, that makes me feel good that we're doing our job by providing education for people in the financial industry. I think that's great. And the last thing we should talk about is, you know, what's the main thing we want listeners to walk away with from the podcast? I know you kind of alluded to it, but try to put it in two sentences, Mark. <laughs> the main thing I want people to walk away from this podcast. I gave it, you two instead of one. Yeah, it, I think it's it is, you know, finance and investing is for everybody. It's not just for wealthy people. Um, there's things that people can do if they make $20,000 per year or $250,000 per year to better themselves and their family and their financial future. And sometimes this stuff isn't that hard to do. That's the thing. It's put out there that a lot of this stuff is really hard to do, but a lot of it, in my opinion, isn't. And as long as people have a path to get there or put in the right direction to get there, then it's gratifying. And and I think that if we can keep providing these snippets of information to people and encourage people to take baby steps, because it's not going to happen overnight. Success Systematic small baby steps. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. But if, if you you know do these small steps year in and year out, I think people will be pretty impressed with where they are 20 years down the road. Perfectly put. So we'll kind of just go back real quick um, to our regular schedule to recap the performance of the major indexes that we track. And these numbers are as of the market close on May 28th. So these monthly numbers are going to be for the full month of May. S&P 500 index is up 0.55% for the month and up 11.93% for the year. The Dow up 2.04% for the month and up 12.93% for the year. The NASDAQ down 1.6% for the month and up 6.6% for the year. The IWM ETF that tracks the Russell 2000 index up 0.25% for the month and up 15% for the year. The Vanguard International ETF X United States up 3.07% for the month and 10.41% for the year. So international exposure is creeping up there kind of quietly. It is. Recently. It's stealth. Um Three-month T-bill currently yielding 0.01%, the two-year Treasury yield sitting at 0.15%, and the 10-year Treasury yield is at 1.62%.
Uh, big headlines, current events from the week, Matt. Uh, it was announced last week, I believe, that the Federal Reserve is starting to hint at the potential for a digital dollar. So Correct. what does that mean, do you think? Well, what they want to do is try to target what they feel are underserved you know, uh, snippets of the American people that are outside of the banking system. And they want to create a system to where they can house their assets, their dollars, without going through a traditional bank. And I think what it's going to lead to at some point within the next decade is we're going to go away from being a paper currency society. I think the days of going into a store and whipping out a $10 bill to pay for something is going by the wayside. Mm -hmm. And I would say in the next decade, paper currency is going to be a thing of the past. Right. So, yeah. And to me, it's like so there's going to be platforms now that, you know, to provide a like a tip to a waiter or a waitress, there's going to be some sort of app or platform to do where, to do that, where it's, you know, the transition of physical dollars is going to is going to go down. And I think people are looking into this a little bit too much. It's still the dollar's not going away. No, right? they're not develop like developing their own cryptocurrency. They're, they're just paper digitizing currency. it. Right. Yes. OK. Um, so we'll keep you updated on that, but I don't think it should be any surprise to, to anybody at this point. I think it's timely. It's in our 100th happen. episode, though. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, next, the Biden administration continues to negotiate tax hikes and what appeared to be a slam dunk several weeks ago is turning a little bit. Um, the key issue is that moderate Democrats, uh, it seems like Matt, are withholding support as they eye the midterm elections in 2022. And this came from a Bloomberg News alert. So I think people forget that, you know, on the coast, which is typically Democratic states, they have some very wealthy people in those states. Absolutely. Right? And they're not going to like if their taxes get hiked. And like we said, you know, on both sides, Democrats, Republicans, they run and they have policies to get reelected. Right. Absolutely. So it's not necessarily in the best interest of their constituents, but they want to get reelected. So my best guess is something happens, it'll be watered down compared to campaign promises. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if taxes remain the same. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, the tax code changes every couple of years, it seems like. So yeah. if something if changes it change, now, it'll it change. can reverse. Yep. And it could do something completely different. I have no idea what's about to happen here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is this? <laughs> What is happening? Congratulations, Mark and Matt, on your 100th episode of the Independent Advisors. We've uh, enjoyed listening to all the great advice. You guys do an awesome job. I uh, hope to look forward to maybe some live video here coming up soon. Uh, congrats to you guys. Keep up the good work. You're doing an awesome job. And we look forward to uh, hundreds more episodes of advice from the independent advisors. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. Love your podcast. Um, I wish I could say I've listened to all uh, 99, but I've listened to a fair amount and you guys do a great job. Um, you make it fun. Uh, always learning something, listening to you guys. And uh, we wish you all the best going forward on your next 100 episodes. Congratulations. Hi. Congratulations on your 100th episode. I am so proud of you. I can't even believe it's 100 episodes later. Micah, do you want to say anything to Daddy? He says no. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. Congratulations. Um, it's only up from here. You guys are awesome. Love you. Congratulations on your 100th episode. I love you. I love you. I love you. Congratulations on your 100th episode. 
on your 100th podcast episode. I'm Kenzie, Mark's wife, and I'm just so proud of you both. Podcasting is also what I do at my job, and I felt honored that Mark had asked questions back when you guys started 100 episodes ago. We were figuring out your hosting services and your equipment that you're going to buy, yeah. and I even made the Independent Advisor logo back pre-Jenna. So um, <laughs> that just it makes me feel so good to be a part of this awesome project that you guys have created. I know so many people learn a ton from your guys' podcasts. You're so good at making financial information easy. And I just love when people tell me that, oh, I heard your husband's podcast. It was great. Or I'll share it. I love to promote it. And I know how hard you guys work on this every week, finding the information and breaking it down for the average Joes like myself who just really want to understand what's happening in the financial world. So congrats on 100 episodes. And I cannot wait to see what you do for your next 100. Keep it up. Hey, Matt and Mark. Dennis. Dennis yeah. Here. Just wanted to congratulate you on the 100th episode of the Independent Advisors Podcast. I've listened to all of them so far, and I've really enjoyed listening to them. And you present in a way that makes it very easy for me to understand. So keep up the good work, and I intend to the next 100 podcasts as well. Take care. Oh, by the way, I think your sweater's white. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Congratulations on the 100th podcast episode. Yeah, we have a little bit. Are we really doing this? Yes. Congrats on your 100th episode, Matt. And Mark! That That is awesome. <laughs> so that's where the balloons came from. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're both excited. We're all excited. We're both of you. Not just smart. Congratulations. Congratulations on your Mr. Mark Whitaker.
Margaritaville. Oh, Lisa. I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. I wanted to give you just a short glimpse of what I've been able to accomplish with your expert advice uh. on retirement in South Carolina. So I go all the way back to episode number one. I'm caught darn near every one of them. I'll continue to learn and enjoy and hope you do the same. Again, congratulations. And it's five o'clock somewhere. I love that. <laughs> That's cool. Matt and Mark on your 100th episode. The episodes help me fall asleep every night. <laughs> I sleep well knowing that everyone's money is safe at just a well Hey Mark, Matt, this is uh, Matt from Milwaukee. I was just uh, wanted to say congratulations on making it to 100. And, uh, you know, if you did two a week, you would get to 200 twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up, you guys are doing great. Hey Mark and Matt, I just wanted to say congratulations on recording your 100th podcast. It's crazy that it's been almost two years since you guys started this out of Mark's office. You guys are yeah. honestly the best of the best. And the fact that you could just share that with everybody through your podcast is completely amazing. So I just want to say congratulations. And you guys rock. Hey, Matt. The Don. Our first recording was much better. That Michaela failed to keep. We had a few pops in us. <laughs> <laughs> on your uh, 100 podcast. I would say the employee highlights are always one of my favorites as well. By far, the dog was the best looking. Matthew, I am so proud of you for reaching the milestone of 100 podcasts. Some of these podcasts are so good, they could be published in one form or another. Congratulations. I love you. 100 episodes. Congratulations, buddy. That's awesome. Keep it up. John Rooney. <laughs> I just want to say congratulations on your 100 podcast. We're so humbled that nine years ago, Jesse Bolton chose us to support your practice. It's wonderful to see how much your practice has grown during that time. But I'm not surprised that you've always done things the right way. I could not be more impressed with your integrity and concern for your clients. You should be proud that you've always lived up to the trust that you something. I need to include a special shout out to Rachel Kenzie, though, because while they may not be in the office, spouses like them are best to be the So big props to them, too. Best wishes that you continue to help so many families reach their goals. Wow. That was amazing. That was amazing. That was amazing. You guys are going to make me cry like a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. Oh well played, Jenna. Well played. Wow. Thanks, guys. Wow, that was cool. It's super cool. That, that was really super cool. cool. How do you how do you even move on from here? I don't know. I'm gonna think about that the rest of the podcast. Wow. All right, Matt. Do you want to get into some of the tweets, articles, and research from the week that caught our eyes? Yes, I have two specifically, Mark. I'd like to cover. Uh, first is a tweet from Mr. Thomas on May 22nd. Um, and first of all, I'll read what his uh, comment is, and I'm going to uh, talk about a chart that's going to be in our show notes, and then you can remind people in a second where our show notes are. Let me say the quote first. Uh, the chart says, raises a few questions for me, kind of shock that households have more in the stock market than the property market. So uh, before I talk about this chart, where can people find our show notes, Mark? Yeah, so any of our social media pages, so Twitter, LinkedIn, um, I think Facebook too, um, but just search Jessup Wealth Management on Twitter. I know we're at Jessup Wealth, um, but I would say Twitter and LinkedIn are the best ways to go. 
So as I tease you about what this chart is, it's a chart from the Federal Reserve and Deutsche Bank, and it shows a percentage of household assets, Mark, and where they are at. And the categories are either equities or stocks, cash, real estate, or bonds. Those are the category choices. And the reason I selected this chart is right now, stocks or equities make up a little bit over one third of an average household's assets. Guess what? Real estate or real estate equity is less than that. It's about 28%. And most of the time, a lot of Americans view a big portion or the largest portion of their wealth is where? In their home. In their house. And to see equities surpass this on paper is extremely encouraging. And the other thing I want to throw out there before I ask for your comments is, you know, I remember in the early and mid 2000s, so many Americans were viewing the equity in their home as an ATM machine. And this time around with this real estate cycle, I'm not seeing it anywhere, in my opinion, to the degree that it was before. You know, I'm not seeing people tap into their equity at their home like an ATM. And I think that's starkly different. Mm -hmm. Your comments. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that this is a really good thing. And obviously, <clears throat> I think a lot of this can be contributed to COVID and what has happened in the past year. Um, and I just hope that it's, it sticks around because now we're entering the summer months and people are going to be doing things outside. They're not going to be stuck at home. But I hope people did learn something over this past year and that it's beneficial to invest in the stock market, right? That's right. So again, I feel and like it's I've, the long game. You're not trying to time it for next week. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I've said this, you know, a gazillion times on here, but, you know, the reason why we do this is to protect our purchasing power, right? And, you know, I think that we've proven uh, over several articles that we've put up on this this podcast before that stocks are the best way to do that. Over the long run, absolutely. Over the long run. So I just hope this is something that sticks around. It's not just a fad and then we see this number drop from 35% down to 20% because, you know, I, I really do think this is one of the best ways to grow your wealth and to set yourself up for success down the road. Perfectly put. And again, listeners, you can check out this chart that I'm specifically addressing in our show notes on our various social media sites. So, Mark, I got one more. I got a great quote, and I am going to murder her last name. I'm going to do the <laughs> best I can. I'm going to look at Sarah while I do this. Um, so her first name's Michaela. I got that because Aaron in her office, his wife's name's Michaela. I can't mess that up. However, the last name, are you at? Was I close? I think the T's silent. Are you at? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to fail. But she had a great quote. Are you ready for this? Checking the price of any investment every hour or even worse at night is a strong indication for poor asset allocation strategy in your portfolio. Let's have a roundtable about this. Your initial comments. Well, I think that anything in life that keeps you up at night is something that's not healthy. Right. Um, and one of the examples of this, again, not to you know, rail on cryptocurrencies is that you can trade those 24 seven, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're, you know, waking up at three in the morning, four in the morning to check your price of ether or Bitcoin, that's just not healthy. And if you can't sleep at night, because you don't know what your investment is going to do the next morning when you wake up, you're taking way too much risk. Perfectly put. And, you know, 
it's just one of those reasons, again, going back to what we talked about last week, I believe we talked about the reasoning of why we invest in stocks and why we invest in bonds. And, you know, if you're staying up at all hours of the night worrying about this stuff, then you need to change something on your risk allocation strategy. I have nothing else to add. I mean, you, you put it perfectly. I mean, most of the time people are taking way too much risk when they're checking things constantly, and that should be your first indication something's out of whack. Well, yeah, and then the other thing is that I, th- I think people think they can take more risk or, excuse me, they can handle more volatility than they really can. Because, you know, if we've been in a really uh, low volatile environment for the past two years, they forget what a lot of volatility looks like. So like, oh, I can handle it. But then March 2020 rolls around. They're like, ooh, I can't handle that. So that was a good time to check your risk strategy and see if you needed to change anything because we were just in it. But I think we're already, you know, a little more than a year past that. People are tending to forget how that felt. And we're going to go through this, you know, 10, 15 more times in, in me and your lifetime. I Absolutely. Think. I mean, you know, it was last late summer, you know, greed gripped the market. I mean, the people in the market tend to have a very short memory, especially when it comes to pain to the downside. When greed comes back in, it becomes the vogue area and they forget what it's like to actually feel that volatility to the downside. And most people don't have strong hands. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So, you know, my piece of advice there, I mean, with everything in life, if something is keeping you up at night, you got to change something. Well put. Back to you, my friend. Um, So the only thing that I had this week was an article from CNBC back on May 18th. Uh, when cryptocurrencies were in free fall. And this was titled Coinbase back online following outage for some users amid Bitcoin sell off (laughs) back online. (laughs) Okay, so the crypto exchange Coinbase, which is again, exchange, just a place where you can go and buy and sell cryptocurrencies, right, said that uh, its site and app resumed service after a brief outage earlier in the day. Coinbase was down for some users Wednesday morning as digital coins plunged. Several social media users seemed frustrated at the app's and site's error while cryptocurrencies were plunging, looking to buy the dip. By the way, listeners, he's properly using the term plunging, by the way. Yes, it was. I, I would agree. Um And again, the point for me bringing this up is not to be an advocate or a critic of cryptocurrencies, but in my opinion, there's a huge problem if this keeps happening, right? This is not the first time that people have not been able to buy or sell cryptos when they want. These platforms and exchanges, I think, really need to figure this out. And I just think people need to understand that this is a very known risk going into trading cryptos, right? So we have known risks, right? Like this, we have unknown risks like COVID. No one, no one could have saw that coming, but you don't have an excuse if this happens to you and you're, you're all up in arms over it because this is well known. Well known, well known. And I would say that the one you referenced Coinbase is, if not the largest, one of the largest. And if it's happening to them, it's gonna. It could happen to others, right? And it's happened on other exchanges too. It happened on Robinhood. It know? happened on Robinhood last year. It happened uh, on multiple um, emerging platforms, um, robo advisors, quote unquote, mm-hmm. last year. And you, all you have to do is just Google search it. And I think this also goes back to the point where, you know, you really got to take time to educate where your money is custodianed, because some of these newer platforms just are not designed. Um, to withstand that sort of volume. Yeah, I agree. So I think people just have to 
you know, be aware going into this stuff. If you're going to trade cryptos, be prepared, be prepared for not being able to buy and sell when you want to or the price you want to sell or buy at. Bingo. After the last one, I don't, I'm like, I'm I know, we concerned. got a couple more too. <laughs> what is in the box? If it's a puppy, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> if it's a puppy. Oh, I thought it was a puppy. Oh, what is this? Which one open first? Which one first? No. Same on the same time. Man, this is wrapped good. Yes! This Coasters. is awesome. That's awesome. I love these. That's so cool. Those look good. They look really good. That's awesome. My new favorite coasters. And you know what? We got to have these like we're, we're in like prospect meetings because a bunch of the time I just forget to even mention this. And True. Not anymore. Heavy rotation right here. Love that. Heavy rotation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay. Thank you, team. Like I should be like wedding crashers. <laughs> Fondue set. Crazy ant. It's gonna say shipping labels. <laughs> oh my gosh those are awesome oh my gosh the faces faces of the independent advisors that's these could awesome. be a hot selling item on the website <laughs> this could be a hot selling item that's awesome jenny you better be careful putting these up for sale we need to get compliance approval first <laughs> we're gonna start selling these things like hotcakes Thank you so much, guys. That's awesome. Look how youthful we look. I know. Thank you for getting youthful photos of us. <laughs> you don't have the full-on beard. No, yet. I don't. That's great. That's amazing. Thank, Thank you, you very everyone. much. That's awesome. Those that is awesome. so awesome. Very cool. I know what I'm wearing tomorrow. That's right. You'll oh be competing my. with my maple socks. All right, Matt, um, this week's financial planning topic of the week comes from an article written in the Wall Street Journal on April 29th by Richard Rubin and Rachel Louise Ensign titled Biden's Capital Gains Tax Plan Would Upend Estate Planning by the Wealthy. I'm going to throw it out there. I don't like the title because it's very clickbaity and I think it implies something that's not true, but just want to throw that out there before we got started. Um, and I just wanted you know, I'm to find a way to poke you a little bit more on this. Oh, I know you will. Okay. Um, I just wanted to read a few snippets of this and just, you know, clarify some things of what this proposed tax bill is and what it isn't. OK. OK. Um, and before we jump into this, can you just briefly explain, you know, what the estate tax exemption is? Because that's a large portion of this plan. Yes. So current tax law allows an individual to pass on a certain amount of money or assets worth that um, without the federal estate tax, okay? Anything over the current threshold, I know you'll go over the specifics in a second, is taxed at a dramatic rate. We're talking like 45%. It's extremely high. And so it's a death tax. It's a wealth transition tax. There's multiple names for it. But uh, right now, it's a little bit over $11 million. You'll give the specific amount that somebody can pass and avoid that federal estate tax amount. Anything above it, tax 100% at that rate I just mentioned. Okay. Um, so that was, that was a part of 
you know, what Biden ran on actually was, you know, um, putting down or bringing down the limits on the estate tax because Trump doubled it essentially when he was in office. Yeah. Can I throw out like the big problem with this? Yeah. The biggest problem with this is people or families that own illiquid assets. And the prototypical thing you see in a lot of campaigning are farmers. You know, farmland right now is is worth a lot. And you might have a family that doesn't have, say, an absorbent amount of income, but on paper, they're wealthy because their land is worth so much. Right. But nine months after somebody passes, the government doesn't want farmland. They don't want physical gold. They don't want computers. They want cash. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it could force a family to liquidate assets at a drastic discount. You know, it could be a bad time for it. Um, in addition, family businesses. Yeah. You know, the government doesn't want a piece of your family business. They want C-notes. Right. Okay. And so with that being said, that is one of the major issues is the illiquidity aspect of this tax bill being due nine months after passing. Yeah. C-notes now, digital notes. I, I, I have to use the term C. I like that term for a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> so so actually what's interesting about this, Matt, is that, you know, rather than reducing the estate tax exemption from its current eleven point seven million dollars to five point eight five million dollars per person, the administration is proposing to eliminate the automatic automatic step up and basis rules and instead treat death as a taxable event that would trigger any unrealized capital gains, um, which notably may then be taxed at the newly proposed top capital gains rate of almost 40% for any capital gains above the $1 million income level with an exemption of $1 million in gains per person to shelter capital gains for most. So does it really have a difference then? Not really. And and the big thing that I want to get across to listeners is this is not going to affect the majority of Americans. This is literally going to affect the top 1%. Correct. So, you know, people are all up in arms about, you know, the Biden administration raising taxes, but the way they're planning on doing it right now, it truly is only going to affect the 1%. And again, this could change, but right now it it really isn't going to affect most people. Yeah, I mean, the thing I'll throw out there is, you know, the ultra wealthy in the U.S. are very smart. Uh, They tend to employ people that figure out strategies around this. Mm -hmm. And I think this could lead to more and more money legally, most likely going offshore. Yeah, I agree with that. And then I think it'll be helpful to explain stepped up cost basis right now for people. So, um, you know, when you pass away and the money is transferred to, let's say, you know, a kid, right? Mm-hmm. The next generation. The next generation. That cost basis is stepped up as of the date of death of your passing. So it would be as if your child bought whatever investments were in that account the day that you died. So they would have virtually zero tax consequences. So fictitious example, ABC stock, you paid $10 a share 20 years ago. Upon data passing, it's worth $100 a share, goes to your child, passing it on to the next generation, data death, $100 a share, and the government's eyes, your child paid $100 a share for that stock. Correct. So they could liquidate the investments without any tax consequences. Correct. Right? 
So the administration is proposing getting rid of the stepped up cost basis for people that make over $1 million worth of income. So again, it's going to affect a very small percentage of the population. So the majority of Americans, again, if the bill stayed the way it is right now, wouldn't affect most people. What's interesting is a majority of those people are probably the highest campaign donors of Mm -hmm. both parties, which is going to make it real interesting. Yeah, it will. It will be. Um, But for the ultra high net worth, um, unrealized long term capital gains, you know, can amount to one or several million dollars, which would not be sheltered by the newly proposed exemption. And it would result in additional tax events at death, which in turn may substantially impact estate planning for the most affluent Americans. So some of the things that I think these people need to be aware of, um, donating appreciated securities could come, come into play even larger than they are right now. Um, and then saving in retirement accounts will become even more appealing because those accounts are taxed at ordinary income when you take the money out. Well, right. if you wanted to figure out a way for net worth equality, this is definitely a way to get that pendulum swinging the other way. Right, right. And then other important areas, gifting assets during life to shift capital gains exposure to heirs. Um, and again, it, it it remains to be seen if this gets passed as it's currently written right now. Um, but if it is, then I think that Biden is sticking to his campaign promise that on a certain level of income, he's not changing the tax code. But we all know things can get thrown in, things can get taken out. So this is just a heads up on what potentially could be coming down the pipeline. I, it's a good summary. What is happening? <laughs> this is going to be great. Oh, no. It has the word bloopers. <laughs> bloopers oh my gosh oh that's great there were some i'm sure there were some other oh, bloopers sure that some we goldies that are inappropriate uh, that we couldn't uh, <laughs> yeah put on there <laughs> oh my gosh well matt anything else you want to add before we sign off for the 100th time yeah i'm gonna have a challenge for us i have a challenge so okay. um let's make it short in the 150th episode 150 let's have some wine or a cocktail Okay. We usually do this during market hours. We'll have to do it after market hours. Let's, let's have some wine. Okay. Both, got, of, our, both of our loves. 50 weeks to think about it, about what, what do you want to drink? Yeah. I like that. I like the challenge. <laughs> no, I like I the agree. challenge. 
Yeah, and uh, and I'm actually excited for next week's episode. So it's episode 101, obviously. So we're going to do a little bit of our own take on finance 101 for people. So I think that'll be a fun episode. Some of the too. basics. Yeah. So, but uh, but again, get I get think- your scholar cap out. You're going to start teaching, baby. <laughs> So I just want to thank everyone who's uh, tuned in and listened because obviously it wouldn't happen without everybody. And then obviously special thanks to our team at Jessup Wealth Management. So you guys are the best. So thanks for everything that you do and, and Jenna, especially with the podcast. And it wouldn't be what it is today without Jenna stepping in and taking over a bunch of the stuff with the podcast. It's been so great. Thank you, Jenna. Very grateful for team's that. team's been amazing. So looking forward to many, many more. Yes, us as well. So uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the 100th episode of the Independent Advisors podcast. Hope you will join us next week for Finance 101. Take care, everyone. Woo! Thanks, guys. It was awesome. Wow. Thank you for listening to the Independent Advisors podcast. If you're interested in hearing more, hit the subscribe button so you can be notified every time a new episode gets released. Feel free to share with friends, family, and follow us on Twitter at Jessup Wealth, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Mark and Matt will continue to share beneficial information on these social media sites. Also, check out the podcast tab on their website. That's www.jessupwealthmanagement.com. There you'll find links to every episode of the Independent Advisors. Have questions or topics you want to discuss on the show? Message us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or send an email with the words questions and topics in the subject line to inquiries at jessupwealthmanagement.com. We'll talk about it right here on the podcast. Certain sections of this commentary may contain forward-looking statements based on reasonable expectations, estimates, projections, and assumptions. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of future performance and involve certain risks and uncertainties which are difficult to predict. All indices are unmanaged and are not available for direct investment by the public. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This podcast is provided for general informational purposes only and does not constitute either tax, legal, or financial advice. Although we do go to great lengths to make sure our information is accurate and useful, we recommend you consult a tax preparer, professional tax advisor, financial advisor, or lawyer regarding your specific circumstances. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No strategy can guarantee any objective or goal will be achieved. Advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, a registered investment advisor.